What's up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. And shout out to everybody that purchased tickets to our live broadcast at Caroline's. It's sold out. And we're so appreciative. It's uh, going to be a great show, February 13th. It's not only the podcast that we're recording. We're also going to have some comedians. So it's going to be a dope show. And we appreciate you guys for supporting. We're going to have a great time that night. It's going to be a good night. Now, if you have some questions, because we're also going to do a live Q&A. What's the email for people to get in touch with us? So basically what you can do is if you have a question that you would like addressed that night, just take a screenshot of your online ticket along with your question. Just send it to the Casey Crew Events at gmail.com. And we're going to be choosing our questions that we read live that night from the emails that come into that particular email so not our email but the casey crew events at gmail.com okay today's episode of the casey crew is brought to you by our friends at bevel what's the best way to get a close shave and remain bump free get bevel it's the first and only shaving system designed for coarse curly hair and sensitive skin now my baby loves when my face is soft like a baby's butt right i do all right you can get the first month of your bevel subscription for free by going to getbevel.com slash Casey because they just want you to look good and feel even better. That's getbevel.com slash Casey. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Of course, holiday season just passed. Um, and, you know, usually with holiday season, I know with me and, and a lot of people, I know money is a big thing in the holiday season, meaning that, you know, money is usually low and people tend to ask for money. And with us, people ask us to borrow money. And I know this must happen to a lot of couples out there, a lot of people out there, individuals that people like to ask to borrow money. Yeah, it usually hits us around January, February. And my golden rule is I don't like to lend anybody money. Mm. Nobody at all. Reason being is uh, I work hard. You know, we work hard. So because we work hard and we work extra hours and we barely sleep, you know, I know sometimes things do get hard and I know that, you know, it's easy to ask. But I've been in too many situations where people ask for money. You lend them the money and they never pay you back. But yet you see them buying things, whether it's on social <laughs> That's media, the problem. whether it's in person. I have three mm-hmm. cases that 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 is the reason why I don't lend anybody money. Nobody besides my mom and dad, if they ever needed it. But. The first, somebody asked me for $1,000. Who? I'm not going to say the person's name. No, no, no. I mean, I need the story. This way I can identify which one you're talking about. Well, this was about, I would say, maybe 15 years ago. You're going back 15 years? Yes. Rashawn, you're going back 15 years? 15 years. (laughs) Now, I shouldn't have lent them the money because it was for an illegal transaction. Right? (laughs) He said he... Which one you're talking about? He said he was going to flip my money. He said, I'm, "Give me this on Friday or Monday. I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna turn you a thousand <laughs> to two thousand. Uh-huh. So I said, "Bet." He actually asked for five thousand, but I only gave him a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I know it was a legal transaction. I know he's going to do some bull. See, God don't bullshit. like ugly. And he took the money, and he never mentioned it again. He bought and he bought five pairs of Jordans. He might have. And I would see him all the time. We would be in the same spot. He would buy bottles. And he just <laughs> never mentioned that $1,000. Uh-huh. 
And I and I've been pretty sick about it because I was like, it's not the people think, oh, it's just a thousand dollars, but it's my thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the principle, the fact that you borrow money and then just keep it moving, like you didn't. Like I'm gonna buy these bottles, and it is what it is. Like I'm wait, gonna, wait, I'm gonna buy these bottles in your face, right? And no, not even care. I'm, I'm gonna drink in your face. I'm not gonna offer you a glass of champagne, right? Right. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to situation number two. Call me, a family member calls. Hey, I need this money. I, I'm having a problem right now. Um, you gonna have, put the family on blast? Yes, I'm having <laughs> I'm having a problem right now. You have now. no heart, Rashawn. I'm gonna tell you why because I just don't like it. And just because you think or assume that I have it doesn't mean you can borrow it and take advantage of it. I work hard. I bust my ass. I barely sleep. You know. Half the time I, I got to pull over on the highway to drive home. I didn't drove. I didn't. I didn't drink so many energy drinks to stay up. Mm-hmm. That's my life. So I work hard for what we have, and when I work hard, I don't want nobody to disrespect me. That's that's what it is. So borrowed this five hundred dollars because they needed it for a job interview. Wait, right? wait, wait. That doesn't make sense. You have to explain. I'm explaining. They had to drive to the job interview, but they had a problem with their vehicle. So they had they help they needed help getting their vehicle out the tow pound. So I got the vehicle out the tow pound. They said I will you know I'll pay you back no with problem. my first check. Right with my first check. Once I get the job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is you nickeled and dimed me for three years, four years. <laughs> now it was five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars is not a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but you know to pay it back to pay somebody five hundred dollars three years to pay five hundred dollars back. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I still got the whole thing back. You didn't. No. Third case. Oh, this is this this one takes the cake. All right. Now, a friend of mine got locked up. He was arrested. Mm-hmm. He needed bail money, so he was asking his friends for everybody bail money. Can you can you help me out? I think the bail was fifty thousand dollars, and you had to pay the full fifty thousand. Right. So they came to me last, and they needed ten grand. I wasn't giving 10 grand because I felt like I was. there's a good possibility that I wasn't going to get this money back. Mm-hmm. So I gave five grand. Right. Well, you came to me first. Right. And you said, babe, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, he's in a clinch. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to get this money from anybody else. So against both of our better judgment, I said, okay, go ahead and lend him the money. Right. Game five grand. When he was released, everybody got their money back but me. Everybody. So think about it. It was fifty thousand. He gave back forty five thousand dollars, and I didn't get my five thousand back. Now, why do you think that was? Why do you think that you were the one that didn't get the money back? Because he probably felt that I had it. See, but the problem is, you you're working. You you got everything. You're traveling. You got your jewelry, your cars. You're flying. I shouldn't have to ask for my money back. Right. Right. And then what do you do? You say, oh, I dropped the money in your account. <clears throat> cool. I go to the account and it's 3000 Mm-hmm. Where's the other 2000 Right. Now oh, you got to go ask for it. I got to ask for it, but I shouldn't have to ask That's for it. That's the thing. You know, you didn't have to ask me 10 times when you when you came with the money. Yo, you needed this? Here. So now I got to ask. So then... I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask several times mm-hmm. because at this point it's not about the money, it's about the principle. Right. So then you say, okay, 
And then you still short me because now you owe me two grand and now you only give me 1500 Mm-hmm. So now our relationship is fucked. Right. Over five hundred dollars. And it's not really the five hundred. It's more about the principle. That's why I have a golden rule that I just do not lend money. I will not lend nobody. I'd rather give it to you. That's one thing my dad always says is never lend money. Right. If if somebody asks for your money, just think of it as a gift because nine times out of ten. They're not going to give it to you back and you don't want to ruin a relationship or ruin a a family member relationship due to money. So my dad, if you if if you ask my dad for money, he won't he won't lend it to you. He'd be like, take this. Well, that's the advice that people that have lived will give you, because my mother has said the same thing. If someone asks you to borrow money, just look at it as a gift. I'd rather give you the money. And then if you decide to pay me back, I look at it as, oh, well, that was great, as opposed to me lending it to you, expecting it back at some point and then not receiving it. Because you're right. It ruins relationships. Money can ruin a relationship in a heartbeat. And it doesn't just have to be a friendship. It can be any sort of relationship. People hold their money and what they worked hard for very near and dear. And when you mess with someone's money, Some people might take it worse than you messing with a family member or a child. Do you know what I mean? So I see why you're so, so livid over it because you've been livid over it. And I know you. I know it's not the money per se. It's the fact that everybody got their money back. You didn't get yours. Right. You waited. It's principle. You waited. And then it got to the point where you had to ask for it. And then ask and ask. And then you weren't being dealt with honestly. And then finally, when I guess he felt the pressure, he put it in and then it wasn't the full amount in its totality. So I know that it's all of these things that are really agitating you up until today, which is the reason why we're talking about it, because it's on your mind and you're pissed off. No, the reason it's on my mind is and. Is you should always make sure that no matter what you are financially secure, especially if you have a family, especially if you have children, especially if you have responsibilities. And I buy a lot of shit. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I buy a lot of shit. I work hard, but I make sure my responsibilities I'm able to take care of that stuff that I have and I have some money on the side for a rainy day. Like mm-hmm. we have bread on the side for a rainy day, just in case. Mm-hmm. But most people don't. And my my problem and, and, and the reason I say that is you can't ask somebody for money. And I look at your Instagram or I look at your social media and you got 10 pairs of kicks and you got Christian Louboutins and you got Chanel bags and you got jewelry and you in the club popping bottles and you got this. You got it don't make sense. But is that the case with this particular person? That's the particular case in, in every and everybody who's ever asked money, because most people who who need money are trying to keep up with the Joneses. And that's the reason why they got broke. They're trying to be somebody they're not. And they that's not true. I think so. <laughs> no, I think so. It's not. It's not I mean, I'm sure there are people somebody, that are well, suffering the because they're buying mean, things that they can't afford. But I think that the vast majority of people aren't living that particular lifestyle, and they may just be down on their luck and 
need help from it, time to time. Now, if I have some, I'm, I think you're projecting. You're talking about the people that you know. Now, I'm not that have asked you to borrow money, but I'm just saying most people out there in the real world, you know, you might have somebody that's falling behind in their rent that might have just lost a job. Their kid just got into school and now they have to pay tuition or, you know, some type of unexpected thing comes along and hits them in the head right. and then they're not prepared to deal with it financially and they may need help. Yes, you're absolutely right. And this is going to make me sound selfish and I am selfish. I'm, I was born an only, uh, only child and this is just the way that I think. I honestly look at family as a closed, a very small closed, I want to say like a closed room, meaning if I get into financial trouble or I become fucked up, who can I call on? All I have is my mom, my dad, and your mother. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. That That's it. That's it. Right. But for for anybody else <clears throat> around us, people have asked us in several occasions, can I borrow this or mm-hmm. let me hold this? And the problem with that is I bust my ass and no, because there's a good possibility that I'm not going to get it back. And at the end of the day, I have Madison, I have Logan, I have London, I have Jackson, and I have Brooklyn. Those are five kids to feed. Mm-hmm. Regardless if I never do another radio program or never DJ again or never nothing, I still have those mouths to feed. So I have to make sure that those mouths are okay. People will see something and be like, oh, he got it? No, but it's mine. Mm-hmm. It's mine, motherfucker. It's mine. You know, it's not yours to say, well, I don't have to do this. And I do understand that people are down on their luck every once in a while. And, you know, you might lose a job or, you know, uh, you're in a bad predicament or a bad situation. And I get that. And for those individuals and those people, I will be happy to lend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have, All right. That's what and, I was waiting to hear. And I have before. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Positively. But it's the situations where people do things and they necessarily I think what you're trying to say is that people count your pockets yeah, exactly. and they feel entitled exactly. because they feel as though you can afford it and you're right. not going to miss it. Right. And I think what you're saying is that no matter how much it's perceived that you may have or we may have, you have a family that you're obligated to take care of. Absolutely. So what you make goes to them first and is set up to pretty much secure their future. So even if it's $500 that you're not getting back, that's $500 out of Brookie's mouth or out of Madison's pocket or out of Logan's tuition or out of whatever. Right. You know, the crazy thing is, and this was about nine years ago. I remember it. I I borrowed money from one person in my life that I can remember. Do you remember? No. Had to, I borrowed money from, shout to DJ Clue. I had to borrow money from DJ Clue. Oh, I don't remember. Tell me. I don't remember what it was. I don't know this. I would remember this. I don't know this. Nah, it was, I, it was something where I, we needed, it was like 10 grand. What? Yeah. Stop it. We needed 10 grand. No way. I, I, I remember like, I remember no like way. Yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't tell me. It was, it was. Hold on a minute. Mm. No, because this is about to be a problem. How do I not know about this? I don't remember what it was. And my memory is friggin' everything. I remember, it was, 
I don't remember. It was something that we were buying. We were buying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this was, is not something that no, we were buying. It's the truth. It Get was, clear real quick. Get clear I, I, real quick. I don't remember you, what it was. Your eyes are wandering all around the room. Like, look at me. What are you talking I'm, about? I'm trying to think. It no, was, no, look at me for real. <laughs> what are you talking it about? Was, we had to, it was 10 grand. And I remember it was on a Sunday. It was a Sunday. I'm gonna tell you why. Can you get Sunday. to the point? I'm gonna tell you why it was on a Sunday, because the bank was closed and I couldn't get the ten grand. Okay. Oh. Oh. Wait, oh okay. So we had it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I had to borrow it from him, and I had to get it back to him on Monday. Oh. Okay. And, and I was thinking, who would have ten grand that I could borrow that would trust me that I wouldn't feel funny? Mm-hmm. And clue came through. What could it have possibly? Been I don't for? remember what it was, man. I really don't remember. It might have been. I don't. I honestly don't remember. Okay, so you just needed it for twenty four hours. Yeah, and it had to be cash because oh, we're about to segue right into the argument of the week. Okay, my heart is sitting here beating. Like, how could you have possibly finagled ten stacks and me not know about it? If I don't know what it was, it had to be. cash. I mean, if it was something like that, I might have known about it. Yeah, I, I don't remember what it was, but that was the only time ever we ever borrowed money. Yeah, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Like, we have never, ever, ever. Since we have ever been together, borrowed money from anybody. And I don't... And we've been low at times. We've been to a point where it was like, you know what? We got to give yeah. it this. So we got to do that. We have, we've been low. But I think I would personally, and I mean, not not thinking about our children and whatnot, but I'd probably... And this is just my own thing. I'm not saying that, I'm not suggesting that people do this, but I'd probably rather not eat for days than ask somebody to borrow money. Right. No, I feel the same. I, I, I don't know if I'd be capable to ask someone to borrow money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's okay if you're asking someone that cares about you and that you care about and that you would do the same thing for and you're asking for the right reasons right. because you're down on your luck and you legitimately need it and there's no other way for you to get that money. I think that there are circumstances that makes it okay for a person to ask to borrow money. Right. Um, and I've lent money before. Um, you're talking about your own personal, like the people that you're talking about right now are <laughs> people that are a little bit more personal to you than they are to me. But right. I've lent money before and it's pretty much the same thing. And it can really ruin it can really ruin the way that you feel about somebody and the way that you Absolutely. look at somebody. Because just like you said, you know, they owe you money. You see them. You see them and they look at you, will talk to you and everything. And it's just this huge pink elephant in the room that's lingering and just like peering over you saying, but don't you owe me some money, though? Right. <laughs> We're talking about everything else in the world. And, you know, you just bought this. You just bought that. You just spent money on this. And we're just going to avoid the fact that you owe me something. Right. And I mean, it's it's damaged um, a couple of friendships in, in my life. And so I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I mean, if 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 money shows you the, your, your true being of who you really are, then then fuck it. Then we're not meant to, to be friends. But I think moreover, it's kind of like, wow, you let a couple of hundred dollars ruin our relationship. Right. You know, there's a lot more value that I would think that I would have in a friend's life that would be worth a lot more than a couple of hundred dollars. Absolutely. So it's like, wow, you forfeited all the good that was going to potentially come of our relationship 
for a couple of hundred dollars that you could have paid back. Now, listen, if a person can't pay you back or pay you back within, you know, a good range of time, I get that. I get when people are down in their luck and they really need help or they need time or, you know, if they, but the thing is that they should have the respect to have a conversation with you. Right. It's when they act like there's no situation. Right. And they're in your face and you're seeing them and they're spending that money that they should be reimbursing you with in front of you. That's when it creates a problem. Right. And and, and I've got so a like at least have a times. conversation. And I got know? a million times. Yeah, you got it. Don't worry about what I have. Don't worry about. Oh, I, I know. I seen you do six shows this week. Don't worry about what? that. Don't worry about that. That's really counting someone's pockets. No, it is. It is. Because they're assuming to know what you plan on spending your money on right. or what your responsibilities are, what your obligations are. Right. And that, that, that kind of assumption can really, that can really irk somebody. No, you're absolutely right. So bottom line is I ain't lending nobody any money. So if you can hear me. Yeah, but you can't say that. Don't ask me for no don't, money. Don't say that. Call so exclusive. <laughs> call me. Call gear. <laughs> no, don't call me. No, no, you can call me. <laughs> Now, today's episode of the Casey Crew is brought to you by Blue Apron. Now, shout to Blue Apron. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Now, I'm excited about this. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and I'm going to make you something real special, baby. <laughs> For Valentine's Day? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be the seared pork chops or the spicy shrimp, but it's definitely going to be something amazing. I've been reading how to make it, how to prepare it, and I am super duper excited. I think I'm a little bit more excited to see you in the kitchen. I don't know how it's going to be. Well, I'll wear some tidy whitey. So and a blue happy. apron? Yes. <laughs> now check out this week's menu at Get Your First Three Meals Free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Cruel. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash Crew to sign up for free. That's right. Sign up for a free Blue Apron and get those first three meals free with free shipping. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. Well, now let's get to the email of the week. Let's switch gears. Mm -hmm. Hello. I am at uh, a 26 young old lady who does not have a prominent male figure in my life. And I see how much DJ Envy loves his girl. So I would like his take on a situation in my life because he comes off to me as someone who really cares about young ladies. What? Well, I care about my young ladies. <laughs> I've been dating a young man who is 31 years old and a veteran with advanced skills, being that he is an army ranger. He did four tours and served a total of 10 years. Everything was going well in the beginning. Then around the fourth month together, things started to change. His attitude and behavior became erratic. But I just thought that he was dealing with transitioning out of the military into civilian life. He would call me out my name. Became paranoid when I was with friends and not trust my word. The behavior came to a head when he became upset and placed his hands on me. He displays erratic behavior to the point where the EMTs were called to the home. He is now seeking treatment at the VA. With all that being said, how do you feel about staying to support him or just wash my hands with the situation? I'm torn in the middle because I care daily for him, but I am a person with a big heart. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. Thanks in advance for reading my email. Have a wonderful day. What do you think? Mm. Um, in the vast majority of situations, 
I would advise for a woman and in some cases a man to never, ever put up with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be one of the cases where I wouldn't be so cut and dry. PTSD is a very real and serious thing. I'm assuming that I'm assuming based on her email that he may be suffering from some level of PTSD when someone who serves their country has to transition into civilian life and normal life. It's not always very easy. I think for the majority of the time, it's extraordinarily difficult Mm -hmm. because they are living in a particular way day in and day out. They are defending themselves. They're defending their country. They're defending their fellow army men or, you know, whatever branch of the military that they're in. And that comes with a very specific mindset. You know, they have to adjust in order to go to war or, you know, to be in these hostile environments. So to come back and then be expected to be normal all over again, I think that that idea may be overly simplified in a lot of people's minds. Um, I think that if anybody deserves some compassion and some consideration and a great deal of understanding, it would be a veteran um, or someone that, you know, comes back because maybe they are suffering from PTSD or something like that. So if his personality and his hostility has escalated and she watched it escalated, escalate and it's gotten to the point where he's putting his hands on her. I think that the most important thing is to make sure that she secures her safety and then secondly, sees to it that he gets help. So she said that he's in a VA hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that there's a, you know, a division that deals with people that are suffering from PTSD. Hopefully that's the best care that is available um, for him. And I know that you know, that's something that they don't have to pay for. So I don't know if it's the very best, but if it's someone that she loves and it seems as though she does, I think that they need to make sure that he's getting the very best care and she needs to be patient with him and work on it with him while securing her safety. So if that means that for the time being, she's not living with him, it doesn't sound like they have children. No. Right. Um, So then that's a little bit easier. They don't have children, but I think that they need to be separate until he can get his situation under control. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, salute to all the troops and everybody that fights for us. Very appreciative. Um, you know, we were, uh, at the DMV. I knew you were going to say that. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was somebody that was just overseas. He was just fighting in Iraq. He came back and somebody was using his license. So when he got back, his license was suspended and he had to deal with the DMV and he was going through problems. He was 
talking loud. He was blurting things out. His leg was amputated. His leg was amputated. Mm-hmm. He even threatened the, the security guard there. You could tell he was really just going through it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You could tell that he was completely disturbed. I felt I, I felt bad for him, you know, because he did. He has fought for our country. And I think a lot of times vets don't get the respect or the treatment that they need. But he but you know something, even though his behavior was erratic i mean it was very loud very obnoxious very erratic and he was threatening everyone there and he threatened the security guard Mm -hmm. he threatened the police officer that was brought in and i mean what was it that he said he said um he looked at the cops he looked at the cop's gun i was like what's that a nine millimeter i got a 40 cal on me right now yeah, and he said it kind of with a smirk. So he was like, "We should leave." Like, I said, "I think that's our cue to leave." I'm like, "Nah, we're good." I was surprised that you said that we were good. I know he had no gun on him. I was looking at him the whole time. Right, but at ass. that point, any police officer would have apprehended him, right? Because that is a direct threat. You're telling a police officer that you have a gun on you, and you're insinuating that you are going to use it, right. and you're in the DMV, you're in a public place. Right. So I thought that he was going to at least be apprehended or dealt with mm-hmm. in a private room or outside or you know handcuffed or something, and nothing happened. And I think that was because what preceded the threat was the fact that he was blurting out to everybody that he just served and he had no business being there. Someone um, tried to steal his identity and whatnot. And we tried to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Like we sat across from him and we were talking to him. We were humoring him and asking him questions. He was asking us questions and he seemed to, to calm down, but he was paid respect because they did not apprehend him. Right. And the cop dealt with him very, very decently. More than most people would have thought that he deserved. So I think that, you know, people are sympathetic to other people that have just come back from, you know, being in hostile environments and defending their countries. So to answer her question. And when I when I answer people's questions, I I give advice how I would give advice to my daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would tell her. That she should leave. Leave him flat? Absolutely. Positively. Reason being is they've only been together four months. Um, right? I thought I, I got the impression that they've only been together for four months since I, I thought that it meant that he's been back for four months. Oh, I, I got the I, I thought it was like they only been together four months. I, I don't I think that they've someone that's been together with somebody four months. Do you think they even write it write Write an email. She said, I've been dating a young man who was 31 years old and a veteran with advanced skills. Uh, he did four tours and served a total of 10 years. Everything was going well in the beginning. Then around our four month together, things started to change. His attitude. So they, they've been together longer, but uh, it doesn't say how long they've been together. They just said his attitude started to change in four months. But I will be out. OK, let's just be clear. If they've only been together for four months, she needs to bounce. Out of get Because out of there's no there's no you don't owe him anything after Four months. And how deeply in love are you after four months? I don't think that you put your life and your safety on the line after being with someone for only four months. To me, in the grand scheme of things, that's no time. Anybody messes up for any reason in four months, it's time to go. You know, like that's still the honeymoon phase. But if they have been together for 
a long period of time and they are in love and you know she supported him when he went away and they've been writing letters and right. you know in contact and everything that goes along with being in that type of relationship then I think that you support somebody who is in all actuality suffering because of what they've been through right. he's suffering but that, that's a, that's your own personal hell PTSD mm-hmm. you know it's like he's He's in a jail in his mind. Do you know what I mean? And and life isn't easy for him. I think that you support that person. You make life better for them. You make life easier for that person if you care for them. At the same time, securing your own safety. So if that means that if she has to go to therapy with him, meet him there, pick him up, take him there, or, you know, whatever, go through that therapy with him, Um If you need to, you know, date and spend time together outside of a house in public places, do that. Make sure that you're safe, but don't just hang somebody out to dry because I'm pretty sure that he does not want to be that violent, aggressive person. It just comes with the territory. So this is probably the only kind of situation that I can see someone forgiving another person off the bat for being hostile, violent with them, putting their hands on them because there is a legitimate excuse. And I don't like to use the word excuse too much in my life, but in this case, I would call it an excuse unless he was violent beforehand and then just, you know, serving his country exasperated the situation and it made him worse. If that's the case, then you are already kind of dealing with a ticking time bomb. But if he went if he went and he was a gentle person, a kind person, a mild mannered person or, you know, for lack of a better description, normal and then when he came back, it was like, you know, the different the differentiation between David Banner and the Hulk. Then he came to that place honestly and not by way of his own choosing. So me personally, I think that you stand by that person's side and you help them through. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I like what you said earlier. I mean, you secure your own safety first and then you make sure he gets help, you know, um, the problem is, is I, I think with what's going on, he needs to take his medicine or he needs to take his pills. So you, he needs to be medicated to make sure that he is OK. And I just think that you need to secure yourself, make sure that you're good. You shouldn't live with each other until you kind of can get it under control and he can get it under control until they get to that point. It's a little separation and you stand by him until you can make sure things are safe and you give yourself a timetable. I mean, if if it's not safe for you, you can't be stupid and say, well, I'm just going to ride it through because you can't allow him to right. hurt you and, you know, cause you pain. But, yeah, you, you do stay. You give yourself a timetable and you say, I'm going to stay up to this and, and hopefully it can get well and it could get better. And not to say that you just want him, but you just know what that relationship needs to be. You know, it can't be a a, a long lasting, you know, loving marriage relationship it just has to be it may be a friendship because you can't put yourself in in that predicament where you could possibly be hurt killed stabbed shot or injured anyway wait wait what did you just say you said that they won't be able to move on to marriage or no i said if 
if he's uh, I said you give yourself a, a certain timetable. Oh, you're saying if it goes beyond that or if it just gets to a point where it's like unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. Right. You, you then know, you still stay right. as in that person's corner as a friend, as a friend, but not mm-hmm. as a relationship. Right. I just don't believe that you abandon somebody when you love somebody and they're in need and they need your help. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that you abandon someone even if he hurt you um i just think that the thing to focus on is that that is not necessarily him right that's the result of what he went through and cases like that are documented i mean it's a very legitimate condition it's not something that a veteran makes up for sympathy or uses as an excuse it's something that really truly and honestly exists and it has to be acknowledged and you know people have to pay attention to that right now absolutely well good luck mama and please email us and keep me updated keep us updated to what's going on and uh let us know how it works out i I would love to absolutely positively know me too. And thanks again to Bevel for supporting this week's episode of the Casey Crew. Now, once again, if you want a clean shave, Bevel is the way to go. All right. Now, don't wait. Get your Bevel today and show your support for the Casey Crew podcast and enjoy the luxury of a bump free shave by going to getbevel.com slash Casey to order your Bevel and to get that first month for free. Again, that's getbevel.com slash Casey to get the first month of your Bevel subscription for free. Now, I'm not going to lie. I don't just use it for my face. I also manscape with my Bevel. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Because you, like <laughs> you put thoughts in my head. There you go. All right. Well, I, well, let's get out of here so I can give you this D. Now, start shaving smarter with Bevel. You're kidding, right? No. Now, let's get to the argument of the week. Mm-hmm. Now, the argument of the week is some weeks it's uh, about things that we read. And sometimes it's about us personally. This week is about us personally. Mm-hmm. Now, the argument of the week uh, actually comes on Martin Luther King weekend. Which was last weekend. Mm-hmm. And we. Well, I'm pissed. Well, let me explain the story. Well, um, again, he and I got into an argument. It started off with Monopoly. And we got into an argument because I'm, again, am a right fighter, meaning that when it comes to arguments, I just don't like to be wrong. I just like to win. And sometimes it doesn't matter what it takes. I will do whatever it has to do to win. Right. I would definitely say so. And that's where the disagreement started over the weekend. We got into an argument and instead of just going into the facts, I just went to winning and it lasted the whole weekend so it, it messed up our three-day weekend started off with monopoly we were supposed Wait, to have- hold on one second i'm sorry did it start with monopoly yes the original argument was over monopoly the conversation about monopoly yes what happened remember you were on the phone logan wanted to play monopoly i was on the phone mm-hmm. what do you mean he's on the phone with dia that's where it started yes Okay. I'm sorry. All right. So I'm pissed. All right. Well, well, let's explain to people where it started from. You want to explain? No, I'll let you explain. Well, it started because we play Monopoly in our house. Monopoly is very competitive in our house, like super uber, uber duper competitive. And I'm a right fighter. We got into an argument. And when I say a right fighter, meaning I will say whatever it takes to win an argument 
not necessarily having to be right, but I try to win. It doesn't matter if it's ethical or non-ethical. Right. You will pull out whatever you can out of your hat full of tricks in order to prove a point. Right. Well, in this case, a non-point. Right. And sometimes that creates a bigger argument than the small argument which was created. So that's what happened. It became something small over a Monopoly game into something big to us not really speaking this whole three-day weekend. Mm -hmm. To me not sleeping in our bedroom, sleeping on the floor. (laughs) Did you really sleep on the floor? Well, I slept with the baby, so I didn't want to sleep with you anyway. They were better cuddling than you anyway. Oh, okay. Because it was two of them cuddling me and kicking (laughs) me in my throat and kicking me in my back. Nobody cuddles better than me. Yeah, all right. And then uh, you you never got an elbow in your forehead from London, have you? (laughs) I've gotten worse from London. All right. So that was the thing. So since we argue, sometimes when you argue, you have to fix things. So I want to say that I apologize for being a right fighter. And although for my New Year's resolution, I said I was going to stop. It's difficult because I'm an only child and that's what I've always done. And I will make sure that I will be better when it comes to being a right fighter, make sure that I'm arguing to to actually dissolve a disagreement opposed to win a war. Okay. You understand? Yes, I understand. But what I also understand is that that was your New Year's resolution. Right. And you didn't live up to that resolution. No, I didn't. Not only did you not live up to the resolution, you did not try. Like zero attempts were made to live up to that resolution you basically took the resolution which and mind you that wasn't the first time that I heard that you were going to make that change like I've heard that many many times before Mm -hmm. but you officially made it for New Year's and you didn't even try right well it's 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 a something that you do all your life and you don't even think about no, no, no. it because Stop. you're no, so no, competitive. No, no, no. Let's let's be in the right person. I it's I. It's me. It's not you. It's I. It's my, something that it's I, I do. Right. Go that's ahead. what I do, and that's I'm a competitive person. So that's what I've always done. So I'm saying I'm going to make a conscious effort to make sure that from now on, that when we get into a disagreement and an argument and it starts going down that lane, I will stop myself and say, "Uh, aga, I'm being a right fighter." And that goes to everything that I apologize for. I make sure that when I do apologize, I mean it and not just say it to dissolve an argument to to really mean it. I seen something on Instagram today that made me think about it. Somebody said too many see disagreements as battles. Battles are to be won or lost. Disagreements are to be resolved. And sometimes I look at it as a battle and it's not a battle. I mean, but why do you treat me like the enemy when I treat, we argue? It's just competitive. It's just you're a competitive person. I'm a competitive person. I, I don't turn the the action off. Like it's whether we're in uh, knocky ball or knocker ball. knocker ball, whether we're <laughs> playing baseball, whether we're boxing, whether we're playing basketball, whether we're playing kickball, whether we're at a foot race, whether we're playing Monopoly, whether we're thumb wrestling. I want to win. <laughs> You know, we could get two cans of soda and try to drink and see who drinks the most. I'm going to try to win. That's just who I am, especially with you, because it's fun. You're competitive. We're two competitive people. And that's what we we do. You know, we are the type to buy two turtles and say, OK, my turtle is going to beat your turtle down the down the driveway. That's who we are. Uh-huh. And because of that, that makes me competitive. And I just want to say I apologize. 
I accept your apology. I just want to know what makes this time different. Because honestly, Cause I don't like this has got to be the 86th time that you've apologized for the same exact thing. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm honestly just going to say that I am going to do better. I'm going to make sure I do better and I'm going to need your help. It's kind of like a fat person with food. I don't like that word. Food? What? It's the other F word. I don't like that word. Oh. All right. Well, Choose I'm an alternative. Ob- obese. I don't like that Orca. Either. Come on, Rashawn. Huge. Overweight? All right. Overweight person with food. You just don't take all the chicken away. You got to take a small portions away until they start eating healthier. So I have to start eating healthier. So I will make sure that I, you know, do what I have to do and make sure we don't have that problem. But you did say that if we confront this problem again, that when I point out to you that you are going down that road of right fighting, that you would halt, you would stop and address it and readjust. That is what you said. Mm -hmm. You said that you would acknowledge the wrong that is being acted upon at that moment and you would try to readjust, acknowledge it, apologize, and redirect. That is what you said. Right. And I pointed out to you that that is what you were doing. And you did nothing about it. You just forged forward. That's what you did. Well, it takes time. I, I have to get used to it. And I will make sure next time when you say... Why does it take so much getting used to? Because it's, Like, if you know something is wrong... It's not your personality. It's just like... It's just something that you do. It's like a reflex act. You hit me, I hit you back. You argue with me, I argue back. I just try to win. That's just my thing. That's my shtick. So I have to get over that. And I'm saying that I will. I mean, I'd like to have faith and I don't want to act as though I'm not hopeful, but I've heard this all before and it creates problems in our marriage. Like that is our main problem. You apologizing for things and then reengaging in the behavior. Like that's our biggest problem. So for me, it gets to a point where what do I do to make sure that I don't have to go through that anymore. It seems as though, I, f- I mean, I feel like I have to pull out the big dogs, you know, like something like there has to be some kind of consequence because with you, I feel like the nicer I am to you, the worse result I get when I'm a little bit more harsh with you or if, you know, I make sure that there's, some type of consequence or, you know, something's going to happen and you're not going to like it, that's going to dissuade you from doing the same thing over and over again. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do that. But I feel as though I don't really have too much of a choice. If we continue down this path, I just know that it's going to be another two weeks. We're going to be in a similar situation and another three weeks. Then we're going to be in a similar situation. So it's kind of like, On my end of it, I understand that you're acknowledging and I appreciate that because it takes a lot to apologize. So thank you for that. But at the same time, I kind of know that history repeats itself with you 
in this particular situation. So what do you have to say about that? Well, all I can say is I'm going to give you my honest and try my hardest to make sure that we don't have to get to this situation again. I understand what you're upset about and what affected our relationship and I'm we'll do our best to fix it. That you know that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to do my best to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Okay. Well, I like the confidence. Okay. Can I have a kiss. No kissy poo today. I'm I need a kissy poo. <laughs> No, I need to kiss. We Not have, right now. We have to show couples that after they get into an argument, they can kiss and make up. <laughs> so give me a kiss. Now you're going to try to use me as an example? Yes, give me a kiss. <laughs> Just so you can get your kiss. Yes, give me a kiss. I don't want to give you a kiss right now. Give me a kiss. Mm, no, I don't want to give you a kiss. I'll give you a kiss no, afterwards. No, now. Now, now, now. You said you forgive me. Give me a kiss. I mean, I do forgive you. All right, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Me. Give me a kiss. Stop, stop. Give me a kiss to No, I want a real kiss. Not one of them. Like, um, that is a real kiss. Close your eyes. <laughs> close your eyes. My eyes are closed. Kiss me. I can't find your lips because my eyes are closed. Shut up. Mm, no, better one. That's a good kiss. Mm, that was a good kiss. You meant that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, shout out to everybody that's coming out to Caroline's. We appreciate the support. The show is sold out. We look forward to meeting everybody. We got a bunch of comedians coming through, a couple of uh, special guests. So, and we get, even got some gift bags and stuff. So, we definitely appreciate it. What's the email for people out there? It is the Casey Crew Events at gmail.com. Okay. Tell them one more time the Casey Crew Events at gmail.com. All right. Now, we might add a second show. We haven't decided yet we've been thinking about it you think you could do two shows i could do two shows i don't know if i could do two shows why i don't know because i'm a drink <laughs> then don't drink no nah, i think if i drink i'll be more comfortable more loose i don't know but we've been getting the pressure to add a second show so maybe we should hmm. i don't know but it's our first show maybe we should just leave it at one uh, you know i feel like a girl what do you mean I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear on the show. <laughs> like, what I'm going to wear. Like, you know, what I'm going to wear. Should I wear a bathrobe? Or what are you talking about? Fly? Hopefully you wear an outfit because we're going to be in public. I don't know. Like, do I get new underwear? <laughs> Why would you need new underwear? No one's going to see it. How you know? Well, if it's anybody besides me, then we have a problem. We might get freaky on stage and really put on all a right, show. All right, all right. All right, well, we'll see you guys next week. I'm DJ Envy. And I'm Gia Casey. And it's another edition of the Casey Crew. Toodles. Toodles.